What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the DCEU season here on Cinematic Reviews. As always, I'll be your host, Chris, and this is the show about all things movies and TV. Every week, I give my thoughts on the newest releases, beloved franchises, and even upcoming projects like Marvel and Star Wars. You can, of course, support the show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service. You can also follow the show on all social media pages, including the very popular TikTok. I really do appreciate all the support out there from you guys. You are truly awesome. Today, we continue our journey through the DC Extended Universe with Wonder Woman, which stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, and Robin Wright. I'm super excited for the show today, so to kick things off, let's talk about some facts. Wonder Woman was released on June 2nd, 2017, just five months before the infamous release of Justice League. It was directed by Patty Jenkins, who is best known for this Wonder Woman 1984, Monster and the Killing. Wonder Woman grossed a pretty impressive $822 million worldwide against a $200 million budget. It has been in development since 1996 and went through numerous directors and rewrites through the years. Gal Gadot got her part shortly after she decided to give up on her acting career. When she was invited for a test screening, she was not told what the film was about. It was only when she got a call back and placed on the shortlist that it was revealed to be for Wonder Woman. The discussion on the boat about the pleasures of the flesh was actually improvised. The scenes of the mascara were all shot in southern Italy. General Eric Ludendorff who is the villain of the movie, was a real person during World War I. Gal Gadot trained for nine months and gained 17 pounds of pure muscle. In the comics, Trevor and Diana met during World War II and not World War I. This change was made because the filmmakers thought that this era was more suitable for what their vision was for the film. Also in the comics, Wonder Woman got her alias of Diana Prince from a U.S. Army nurse who was similar in appearance to her. In the movie, though, Steve ends up giving her this name. For his news scene, Chris Pine wore Speedos that were later digitally removed. Liam Hensworth and Alexander Skarsgård were considered for the role of Steve Trevor. Kate Beckinsale, Sandra Bullock, Eva Green, Christian Stewart, and Jessica Biel were all considered for the role of Wonder Woman throughout the years. And lastly, this was part of the setup for Justice League and a Wonder Woman trilogy. As far as I know, a third Wonder Woman film is still on the table. It was announced recently that Gal Gadot will return as Wonder Woman in future DC projects. With that, let's dive into Wonder Woman. Now, I remember seeing Wonder Woman opening weekend and being completely blown away by it. Gal Gadot is awesome as Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman. Her debut in Batman v Superman was one of the highlights of the film. And this total film is a major highlight of the DC Extended Universe. It's actually a good movie, which is something I can't say for most of the films in this universe. It does, however, have some flaws like the entire third act. That's where the film falls apart for me. The CGI isn't great, and the villains are kind of lame, especially the Ludendorff villain. The villains in general are not very good, if I'm being honest, 
and I'll get into that more during the negative segment of the show. I just really got bored during those during their scenes. I kept saying to myself, get back to Steve and Diana. Those are the parts of the movie that I want to see. I absolutely love their relationship in this. Pine and Godot have such great chemistry. This was perfect casting. That, of course, WB screws up. Wonder Woman is such an awesome movie, and it's really disappointing that 1984 exists because we know that the character is going to be ruined down the road. Gal really got shafted, and it's all WB's fault. She is perfect for the role of Wonder Woman, and Warner Brothers just let everybody down with their bullshit. She was treated so poorly in the studio-approved version of Justice League, as well as 1984. That was just a disaster of a film. Last week, I said that Suicide Squad was the definition of a letdown, but 1984 is that new definition of it. That's why it's last on the rankings list. 1984 had the potential of being such an incredible sequel to this awesome film. But the ball was, of course, dropped hard once again by WD. I know I'm digressing a little bit, but it's hard not to talk about the future of Wonder Woman on the Wonder Woman episode. It's just really disappointing that these first few films in the universe had perfect casting that eventually got ruined by WB. With new management in office now after the big Warner Brothers Discovery merger, the future is a little brighter, especially after the announcements of Gal returning to the character, even if it's not in another standalone film. I'll take her popping up in Aquaman or Shazam or whatever it be. I just, I want her in this role again. But getting back to the first Wonder Woman film, like I said, this overall is actually a good movie, aside from its terrible written third act, of course. The action is incredible, and the small amounts of humor that pop up throughout were handled really, really well, I think. Chris Pine is an awesome actor, and he plays the perfect Steve Trevor in this universe. His comedic beats landed every single time for me. And this is another character that was ruined by 1984, but I'll save my thoughts for that later on in the season. And this film, though, he is written perfectly. His relationship with Diana is so awesome and a lot of fun. I love the moments where he is trying to help Diana understand how the world really works. He doesn't ever get frustrated with her, from what I can tell, because he knows that she was living on an island with no men. They were in their own secluded area of the world. My favorite one of those moments would have to be the trench scene where he tells Diana that they can't save everyone during war. Pine does such a great job at delivering that line. He, You can see the disappointment in his eyes because as much as he wants Diana to be right, that's just not how the world works. You can't save everybody during wartime. It's a real shame that he was killed off because he is a character that I, I wanted to see return alongside Gao's Wonder Woman throughout the DCEU. Yeah, he comes back in 1984, but they handled that whole thing so poorly. On the bright side, though, at least they got the character right in this film. Their relationship is such a highlight for not only this film, but the DC Extended Universe as a whole. It's just it's so well written, and I, and I love it so much. Let's take a quick break with a trivia game before jumping into the segments. For those listeners who are new to the show, this is the part of the episode where we take a break with a trivia game in order to add some extra fun to it. 
we'll be using the Popcorn Trivia app that is available on all mobile devices. If you need to pause the episode right here to download the app, feel free to do so and look for Wonder Woman and their vast library of films on there. If you are ready to go, let's test our knowledge on Wonder Woman. So we'll be doing Act 1 questions, which is a list of 10, I believe. So let's get started. Question 1. What military rank does Ludendorff hold? Is he a commander, a general, a colonel, or an admiral? I believe it's General Ludendorff in the film, so we are going to go general. And that is correct. Next question. Who is Antelope? Looking at these, the only one I know offhand is Robin Wright. But I, we're going to go with Robin Wright because that's the only one I know. And that was right. She does play Antelope. I hope uh, I'm saying that right. I could be butchering it. Question three. What does Steve say about the lasso of Asteria while he's being questioned? It's painful. It's hot. It's itchy. Or it's bright. I know the Amazonian who is holding the lasso says it's painful. But I think Trevor says it's hot. So we're going to go with that. And that is right. He does say it's hot. Who said what one does when faced with the truth is more difficult than you think? Was it Sir Patrick, Chief, Diana, or Steve? That sounds like a Sir Patrick line. So we're going to go with Sir Patrick. No, it was not Sir Patrick. Who is it? Diana, maybe? Oh, it was Diana. So that's one wrong so far. It was Diana who said that. Question five. What symbol is on the plane that Steve steals from the Germans? An eagle, a skull, a cross, or a swastika? Well, the swastika, I believe, was, wasn't used until World War II. So we're going to go with the cross. I believe that's the symbol that the Germans used in World War I. And it was a cross. I believe they, yep, they were black crosses that they used. Next question. What does Steve call the area between the two trenches that Diana crosses? Blood Alley, Dead Zone, No Man's Land, or Widow's Way? No Man's Land, of course, because they say it numerous times during that scene. Next question. What is the first thing Steve says to Diana after waking up on the beaches of the Mascara? Thanks. Hello there. Wow. Are you okay? I think he says, are you okay? He's, I don't think he says thanks until the, the bath scene. Hello there. That's obviously Obi-Wan lion. Everyone go with, oh, no. Maybe it's wow. Ah, oh, it was wow. So that's too wrong for me. He does say wow. Next question. What is the following characters does not wield the god killer sword? Hippolyta, Ludendorff, Edda, Diana. Don't think Ludendorff ever touches it, does he? We're going to go with Ludendorff. Ah, he does touch it. We're going to go with... Oh, maybe it's her mom. I don't think her mom ever touches it. Ah, it was her mom. Dang. Queen Hippolyta touches it. Does not touch it. Question nine, who said, I am not opposed to engaging in a bit of fisticuffs should the occasion arise? I don't remember her name, but it is Steve Trevor's secretary 
who I recognized from Shaun of the Dead, and that was her. Ah, oh, it was Edda Candy. That's her name. Last question. Diana reveals that Dr. Poison's journal is written in which two languages? Persian and Arabic, Ottoman and Sumerian, Aramaic and Mandarin, or Greek and Dutch? I know I remember her saying Sumerian. So we're going to go Ottoman and Sumerian. And that was right. So I got 88 out of 100 because I messed up on a couple of those. But still a decent score. Feel free, though, to share your score along with your thoughts on the film on any of Cinematic Reviews' social media pages. I really do look forward to seeing all the discussions that spawn from those comments. With that, though, let's get into the segments. So up first, standout scenes. So the first one I have is Little Diana in The Mascara. This, I think, was a great way to not only introduce viewers to Diana as a character, but also The Mascara as well. Because I think the the island of Mascara is is a character all its own and it's so beautiful in this film the way they shot it seeing all the amazonians training and going about their daily routine was also really interesting they're so badass and this opening scene really conveys that really well the young actress whose name i'm drawing a blank on was so perfectly cast as young wonder woman i love the shot of her trying to mimic those combat moves on top of that little cliff while she watches the the other Amazonians train. It's it's such a really cool scene. Next, I have Diana using the gauntlets for the first time. This sequence is really awesome. The fight between her and Robin Wright leading into it was so incredibly done. I love all the choreography in this film, especially during this training montage. We were first introduced to Wonder Woman's gauntlets in Batman v Superman, if you remember, which was such an awesome moment in that movie. I love the effect of the gauntlets when she's smashing them together. It's really visually pleasing to me. Next is the beach fight with the Germans. This whole fight, again, is so awesome. The choreography was really thought out and executed so well. The Amazonians jumping down the cliff and swinging around with the ropes was such a cool way to kick off this fight. Unfortunately, this is where Robin Wright's character dies. I really liked her character. It's, it's a shame that she didn't continue mentoring Diana as she does, as she goes down her Wonder Woman path in the future. But if I do remember, she does pop up in 1984 with, of course, flashbacks because she dies at this moment in history. But I'll talk about that more in the 1984 episode. Next, I have the lasso truth around Steve Trevor. This is a really fun scene. Chris Pine is so good in this film, especially this scene. The lasso looks really painful, and Pine did a great job at conveying how painful and stressful that was. Next is the famous boats trip. This is such a very iconic moment in the DC Extended Universe. It's easily top three best moments in the film, if not the best. Their whole conversation on marriage and sex and men was so great. Pine and Gal have such great chemistry, and this scene is proof of that. I love all their back and forth throughout the film, especially in this scene. Next is the alleyway fight. I got some serious Superman the movie vibes from this scene, which makes sense because from what I read, this scene was a, a was honoring that very iconic scene from Christopher Reeves's Clark Kent and Lois Lane 
when they're cornered in the alleyway, similar to this in that Superman movie. It's it's really cool that they did that. Next is the famous no man's land slash the village scene. Now I lumped these two scenes together because they're presented to us pretty much back to back. This is probably my favorite scenes of the entire film. It's it's just an awesome 10, 15 minute sequence that blows my mind every time I see it. I love the reveal of the suit, even though I do wish the colors popped a little bit more. Her blocking with the bullets though and going up against that machine gun was really cool. I love the choreography there. And then the entire fight in the village was so awesome. She completely pulverizes that sniper up in the tower. It's so cool. The choreography, brilliant. So well done in both these scenes. Gal just kills it as Wonder Woman. And I think these two scenes do the best job at conveying that. It's it's definitely a highlight of the film and the DCEU as a whole. Next is the German high command party. Gal, again, just killing it. She blows my mind in this beautiful blue dress. Talk about taking the air out of a freaking room. When she shows up, not only are the party guests stunned, but so is the audience. She looks just incredible in this scene. Now, I'm aware of the popular fan question. How does the store sword stay up that way on her back? I remember... Uh, I remember that ridiculous picture circling around the internet back a few years ago of Wonder Woman holding the, the sword with her butt cheeks. As funny as this is, it's it's a really dumb question. Obviously, she used some kind of belt or strap to put it on her back. Pine, though, is, is also really good in this scene as an undercover German. Him seducing Dr. Poison was a great moment for the character. It showed how good of a spy he really is, but also showed how much of an impact Diana had has had on him since he met her. He was totally winning over Dr. Poison. But then, as soon as Diana shows up, boom, like a light switch, his love for Diana just costs him the mission. Dr. Poison sees his bullshit and says, adios, motherfucker. Nope, I see where your attention is now. Such a good scene. Next is Diana versus Ares. There are parts of the scene that are awesome, but for the most part of it, the bad CGI just really distracts me from it. I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name, but Professor Lupin, if you know the Harry Potter universe, plays Sir Patrick in this, aka Ares. He just looked really terrible in that Ares armor. They definitely didn't stick the landing visually with that. I really like that moment, though, after Steve dies and Diana just fucks up those Germans in slow-mo. I'm a real sucker for slow-mo, so this scene was pretty much made for me. It was so visually pleasing. The villains are just really lame in this film, I think, which is um, which unfortunately holds this final fight back because this should have been an awesome fight. Everything leading up to this final act was so good. And it's just really disappointing that they couldn't stick the landing because I just I love this movie. It's just the third act just doesn't do it for me. And then lastly, we have the Steve Trevor death. Now, as much as I wish. Steve would have survived this. I understand why they went this route with the character. Steve understood that man is cruel and corrupted, even himself. I mean, he was mortal. He wasn't a god. He had flaws. In his mind, he had to be the one to do it. I just think it was a bad decision to do it. To me, it seems like Steve died because they wanted him and the rest of the group to do something in this scene. Diana could have easily just dealt with that explosion with the explosive filled plane and 
then beaten Aries. I just I think this whole third act is messy and poorly written. It was definitely really lazy writing, as Deadpool will say. Next up, favorite quotes. So the first quote I have is from Diana's mother, Queen Apolta. You will train her harder than any Amazonian before her. I really like this line because it shows how much love Diana's mom has for her. She wants to protect her. So what better way to do that than pushing her to her limits, training her to face any obstacle, no matter how difficult they are. It's a, it's a really good character moment, I think, for her as not just a queen, but as a mother. Next is uh, one of the Amazonians saying it is painful and pointless to resist. This is from the scene where Steve is tied up by the lasso. I just like this throwaway line because it, it helps convey how powerful the lasso truth really is, especially on mortals like Steve. Next, we have Steve saying, well, that's neat. This is probably the most iconic line from the film. I even started using it a lot more after the first time I saw this opening weekend. Chris Pine delivers this line so perfectly. I don't think it would have been so uh, such an iconic line if it was anybody else who was playing the role of Steve. Chris Pine just nails this character. Another quote from Steve, uh, welcome to jolly old London. And then wonder, uh, Diana responds, it's hideous. And then he says, yeah, it's not for everyone. This is another perfectly executed line by Chris Pine. I love how him and Gal play off of each other. They're, they're just so good together. And then another line from Steve, I'm taking you to the front. We're probably going to die. This is a terrible idea. I love this because Pine, once again, just kills it with these lines so well. Him starting off confident, and then by the end of this short little exchange of words, is he's really scared about going to war. It's it's so good how the power how we can see the power of the lasso through dialogue, not just visually seeing him in pain, but we can tell in the tone of his voice of the power of it and it, it's just so cool i love chris pine in this movie especially this scene uh this line i i can't remember the character's name but he's in the group with diana and the rest of the gang uh he's the the french he's the the, the linguist guy and i can't i'm drawing a blank on this character's name but he had such a great line i am both frightened and aroused this was when uh in the bar when diana was uh fighting the the douchebags at the bar. Uh, this is basically everyone in the audience while Wonder Woman fights. Gal is so beautiful and so badass in everything that she does, especially in this film. We're all just so scared of being on the other end of that fist, but so aroused because she is such a beautiful, badass woman. Another line from Steve, we can't save everyone in this war. I mentioned it be, uh, at the beginning of the episode, but I I really love this line because Chris does a great job at delivering it. You can see in his eyes how much he wishes that Diana's way of thinking was right. He unfortunately knows the truth, and he does his best to get Diana to understand that people die in war. No matter how powerful you are, you just you can't save everybody. And we have Ares saying, that is not the god killer. You are. I honestly didn't see this coming when I first saw the film opening weekend. I really thought the sword was a god killer. So when it was revealed that Diana is actually the god killer, 
I was like, what the fuck? You got me, Patty Jenkins. That was a pretty neat twist, I'll, I'll admit. And then lastly, we have Steve, who has all the best lines. It has to be me. I can save today. You can save tomorrow. Even though I have a lot of issues with the messy third act, I do really like this moment between Diana and Steve. I love their relationship. So to end up here is heartbreaking, even though I'm not sure that it entirely works. If Diana couldn't hear Steve after the explosion, how could she remember what he said? This scene was just really confused me. But the line is so good that it it doesn't bother you as much as the rest of the third act. Because Chris Pine is just so freaking good. Next is Diamond in the Rough. This is a segment where I point out the highlights in a messy film. Even though I think Wonder Woman is overall a good movie, it still has a lot of flaws to it. Like the rest of the universe does. So first, of course, it's Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Gal is just terrific as a Wonder Woman. I honestly... Can't think of anyone else to play her as well as Gal did. Her take on the character is so awesome. The way she talks, fights, acts, it's just so well done by Gal. I'm really excited to see her in future projects after that announcement that we got. She's the only thing that gets me excited to rewatch 1984 in the coming weeks as well. I will be talking about her again, though, for Zack Snyder's Justice League episode, which will drop next week. Next my boy Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. Like I've said throughout the episode, I absolutely love Chris Pine in this film. He is such a fun actor, and he makes the Steve character so much fun to watch on screen. The way he plays off of Gal's Diana is perfect. He really is a highlight of not just this movie, but the universe as a whole. I wish we could have been he could have been in more DC projects. I wasn't a fan of what direction they went with with the character in 1984. But I'll, I'll talk about that more during that episode. The next, it's the Steve and Diana's relationship. This is easily the best part of the film. Yeah, the action is really awesome. But this relationship is what makes the film so special. Their back and forth is incredible and so well done by both Gal and Pine. I want more of this in the DCEU. It's a shame he wasn't in Justice League. I would have loved a, a small scene of her connecting with Steve somehow in order to like maybe regain her confidence or just get some kind of uh, reminder of what she's fighting for, especially during, uh, during a fight with Steppenwolf. That would have been really cool to see. I guess we'll just have to settle for him though, being in 1984, even though they totally botched everything in that film, even this relationship, which is really disappointing. Next is the music. The Wonder Woman theme is freaking incredible. I absolutely love it. It gets me hyped every time it comes on. You know something awesome is about to happen when it kicks in and you see Wonder Woman show up. It's bravo to the music in this film. Lastly, it's the action sequences. The action, like I keep saying, is incredible. The beach fight, the alleyway, No Man's Land. Even the third act has some awesome sequences and choreography in it. But No Man's Land and The Village are probably my favorite. It's such an awesome 10 to 15 minute stretch of the film. I absolutely love it. When Diana bursts through the building and wipes out like 20 dudes in slow-mo, it's so freaking cool. At one point, she destroys a gun by smashing it against her waist and pulverizing a guy through a window. Easily top five moments of the DCEU. It's so freaking cool. Now we get to the negatives part of the show. So first up, it's the villains. We have Ludendorff, Dr. Poison, and Sir Patrick slash Ares as the villains of the film. 
and they're pretty freaking lame. Ludendorff and Dr. Poison are pretty ridiculous, a little too ridiculous if you ask me. I don't really care for them at all. Every time they popped up on screen, I kept saying, get back to Diana Steve. Those parts of the film are what I are way better, and that's what I want to see. Now, Sir Patrick, aka Ares, is also pretty dumb of a villain. The reveal was pretty lame, and I wish Ares was just more intimidating. They built him up to be this menacing, all-powerful god. But when it came to his fight with Diana at the end, I was really underwhelmed. He looked ridiculous in that armor. The CGI was bad, and basically in my eyes it was, oh, that's Professor Lupin in, a, in an armor suit. It's not really that intimidating. It's not cool at all. The rest of the film was so good, and to have it end like this was just really disappointing. I mean, the villains are half of the movie when it comes to comic books. Like, if those are bad, then it just it taints the entire movie. Even though the Diana and Steve are such good characters, having the villain be so lame, it it, it brings the movie down, which is unfortunate. Because I think this could have been a truly great movie that could have stood up against half of the Marvel Universe. But those are just way better movies, not to put my foot in the whole Marvel versus DC debate, but they're just, they're, they're better written as far as villains. And then this one is a clear example of why the DC has a villain problem. They're just poorly written characters. The next negative I have is the twist. Well, we actually get two twists in the film. Sir Patrick turning out to be Ares and Diana being revealed as God killer and it not being the sword. I like the God killer twist far better because I didn't see it coming. And that's how a twist should work. Now, the Sir Patrick twist, on the other hand, I didn't see coming necessarily, but it's, it was just really presented really poorly. I get what they were going for. It just it didn't work. On paper, it probably probably sounded really good. It's just the execution was just really messy, and it was just terrible. Now, the third act as a whole, this is my problem with the film, my biggest problem probably, aside from the villains. This is the famous messy third act of Wonder Woman. The CGI is just terrible and lazy writing and the lazy writing just holds this, not just the final act back for me, but like the, it taints, like I said, it taints the entire movie because everything was leading up to this moment and to have them drop the ball like this sucks because this could have been a truly great comic book movie. I hate it. So, and that's what, um, and that's what I'm hating about Marvel right now, especially with their shows. They start off strong like this did, but then when it gets to the final episode or the third act of the story, they just can't stick the landing. And this is a clear example of DC having that same problem. They they build these characters up. They cast them really well. The writing is decent for the first part of the movie, but then they just can't stick the landing in the third act, whether it be the, the confrontation or the villain or wrapping up the story. It's just it's a third act problem in comic book movies now. And then lastly, the Wonder Woman suit. I love the design of the suit. It's the coloring that I have an issue with. Like Superman's suit in Man of Steel, I wish it was brighter. The gold especially should have really popped. Batman v Superman did put some more color in Superman's suit. And I think 1984 did the same for Wonder Woman's. I can't remember for sure. I just wish we would have gotten it in this one. 
how cool would it have been to see Diana walk out into No Man's Land for the first time wearing this bright suit, displaying herself to the world? Because the design of it is really cool. I just think, let's beef up the coloring a little bit. Let's make it brighter. Let's make it shine. Let's put her on the spotlight because she is freaking Wonder Woman. It's just really disappointing that they, they dropped the ball in the suit. But with that, let's end the episode with the rankings. So as a refresher, here's the current DC Extended Universe rankings. Number one, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number two, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition. Three, Man of Steel, followed by Wonder Woman at number four, The Suicide Squad at number five, Shazam at number six, Birds of Prey at seven, Aquaman at eight, Suicide Squad at number nine, and at the bottom of the list, number 10 is Wonder Woman 1984. So even with the terrible third act and pretty lame-ass villains, I still can't put Wonder Woman any lower than the top four. It's actually a good movie and way better than most of these films on this list. Now the question is, does it move upward? This is tough because all these films have flaws. There isn't a perfect film on this list. Wonder Woman is probably the closest though. It's just the villains in the third act, like I said, hold it back for me. The villains of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Zack Snyder's Justice League, I think are far superior. Even though I wasn't a huge fan of Eisenberg's Lex Luthor, I still think it was written better. And I mean, Eisenberg is a is a phenomenal actor. Ludendorff and Ares are just really badly written. Chris Pine and Gal Gadot are the saving graces of the film, though, which is why I can't put it any lower than the fourth spot. I think it's going to stay here at number four. I'll be covering Zack Snyder's Justice League on next week's episode, but I remember really liking it. I had a blast with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman this time around, so they're definitely staying in their second and third spots. I think this is a pretty solid top four, though. This is a very messy universe, as I keep saying, but it, it has some high points, and most of those are in these top four films, especially Wonder Woman with the No Man's Land scene. I am curious, though, to see if Justice League drops in the list at all. I've only seen it twice, and that was back when it came out last year. I mean, it's a four-hour movie, so it's not really very rewatchable in that regard. I do remember it being really good, though. I'm excited to watch it for this show. But until then, you can find this list and many, many more on both IMDb and Leatherboxd. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. Well, that'll do it for this week's DCEU episode. Join me next week for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Also, tune in every week for new release Monday. This coming Monday, I'll be giving my reaction to the Rings of Power series premiere, which dropped today on Amazon Prime. Later, everyone.